say it's, it's time to bust a move. You know what that means? What does it mean, bust a move? Good stuff, huh? Turn to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1. I want to talk today about it's time to bust a move. <laughs> I see some of you getting a little nervous. Some of you tightening up your shoes. <laughs> some changing shoes, putting on dancing shoes. But we'll see what this means today. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, Deuteronomy is the book of repeats. Uh, sometimes they talk about Moses' sermons, that he repeats a lot of different things. He tells them what he told them. And um, thank God for a God of second chances. Thank God that he loves us enough that he tells us again. Amen? And so this is where Moses is telling them again. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6, I'm reading from the New International Version. He says, the Lord our God, verse 6, the Lord our God said to us at Horeb, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. We could just stop right there for a second. He said, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Say, I've stayed long enough at this mountain. Verse 7, he says, break camp and advance into the hill country of the Ammonites, Amorites, I mean, go to all the neighboring peoples in the uh, Arabah, in the mountains, in the western foothills of the Negev, and as along the coast to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the, the Euphrates. See, I have given you this land. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to their descendants after them. Turn to somebody and say, it's time to leave your comfort zone. It's time to bust a move. <laughs> He says here, he says, break camp in advance, go in and take possession of the land. And so he's basically saying, you, he, he tells him, he says, you've stayed at this mountain long enough, it's time to move on. Amen. The 40 years that they had spent in the wilderness had really come to an end, and um, he's basically saying, you've circled this mountain long enough, and it's time to bust a move. <laughs> It's time to, to break camp. It's time to advance. Uh, this is, you know, this is my 40th year of, of ministry, of preaching. So I'm excited. Uh, so, uh, amen. I, I take this very personal this morning. This message is, is for me, and I'm sharing it with you. I, but I believe that um, all of us can receive from this because I believe this is what God is speaking to us. I believe this is what God is speaking to his people. I believe this is what he's speaking to the church like Christian Center, but also around the world. You know, I believe that uh, we've stayed long enough at this mountain. Forty is a number of complete testing, trial, and uh, proving. After that, it's time to move forward. Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days, and he was tested and, and proved. After that, he, he launched his ministry. I'm excited about this year. You know, we've spent, I've spent 40 years, I guess, testing and proving, and now it's time to bust a move. It's time to, to break out. Amen? How many of you feel that way? Amen. I believe this can be the most exciting year that we've ever had. I believe it can be the most exciting year in your life. I believe this is a, and let me just prophesy a little bit this morning. I believe this is a year of freedom. I believe this is the year of liberty. I believe this is the year to return to ruling. I believe this is the year that everything comes under your feet. We talk about it, that we're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath, that everything's been placed under our feet. I believe this is the year that we're going to see that. I believe this is the year that we're going to tread down some things. Amen. That Pharaoh doesn't harass you anymore. Hallelujah. I believe that poverty is beneath you, that, uh, that you are the head and you're not the tail. Amen. That you are uh, above and not beneath, and, and that uh, this is the year for you to take possession of some, of some things. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I believe this is what the Lord's speaking to me, and I believe it's what He's speaking to you as well. You know, that um, I believe this is the year that. The past is severed, that we sever ourselves from the past, from maybe from, contact, uh, from contracts maybe that have been in the past that has brought some harm or financial bondage to, to you, that, that this is the year that those things end. I believe that, uh, that this is a year that, um, whether consciously or unconsciously, that maybe we went into a certain alignment with a certain either people or a certain type of agreement, that that's done away with and that... Um, you know, that we begin to, to walk in the will of God. I believe this is the year that we're 
that you're free from certain relationships, relationships that's been holding you back, that's been keeping you from going forward into what God has for you, that, uh, from you uh, that's been hindering you from pursuing God's best for you. I believe that this is the year that it's over. Amen. Uh, you've served, you've served, uh, you know, you've served long enough, and it's, it's, it's been long enough, and that um, debt is canceled. Amen. Praise God. In all kinds of ways, physical debt and emotional strain and indebtedness. Amen. I believe that this is the year that disease and discouragement and, and, uh, has to leave and is, is, is over. A deliverance from bad memories, I believe, is, is going to take place. I just try to throw, throw some things out there as the Lord's just bringing them to my attention that we need to be looking for, you need to be looking for, that, that you're, you've, you've been there long enough, that you've been harassed long enough. It's time to move on. I believe that this is the, the year of supernatural erasing of some things. Boy, somebody needs to receive that. Hallelujah. You said that the old is gone. Behold, all things become new. You're not the same. You're new. You're a new creation. Amen. So those things behind, maybe some bad decisions, poor, bad relationships, they're erased. Say, you know what? That's not me. That's not me. That was the, the old person, but I'm new. That, you know, I'm, I'm new in Christ. Say, say this, is my year. this is my year. Say, I've stayed long enough, stayed long enough. at that mountain. It's time to bust a move. <laughs> Hallelujah. This year, 2017, I believe, is going to be the year of, of victory. It, it speaks of complete victory, uh, over, complete uh, overcoming of the enemy. And uh, like I mentioned, Deuteronomy is a book of repeat. It's a book of reproof. And um, it's where he tells them again. And so Moses is telling them again. I believe God is saying some things again. Maybe it's some things that we've heard in the past. He's spoken to us in the past, but he's saying, okay, now then, I'm telling you again, I love you enough, here's your second chance, I, I'm the God of the second chances, and, and I love you enough, I'm telling you, I'm telling you again, break camp and advance. Hallelujah. Starts out, it says that they were there at Horeb, it says, the Lord our God said to us at Horeb, and Horeb is a, way well, I remember it is a horrible place, okay? It's a, it's a place of waste, it's um, it, it's Lost by decay is what the word means, the name means. Slow destruction, uh, slow destruction to, to waste. Um, it's things where things break down. You ever been, it just seemed like there's been a season in your life, it's like every time you turn around, something's breaking down. You go to the washing machine and the washing machine breaks. You take the clothes out and you put them in the dryer, the dryer, dryer breaks. You go to do the, the, the dishes and the dishwasher breaks and and you go out to get in the car to go to Home Depot to get something in the car. Anybody ever been there? Happy birthday, T. <laughs> I don't know if you have or not. I've been there. It seemed like, and you just sit there and almost have to just laugh and say, what in the world is going on? And it's time you say, I have been there long enough. I've stayed there long enough. I'm tired of horror. I'm tired of things breaking down and, and, you know, and falling apart. Just, just waste all around me, decay and, and, and stuff laying all around me. I'm ready to get out of this place. The Lord spoke to me. He said, said to us at Horeb, uh, you know, this is the time. You've stayed here long enough. The enemy at, at Horeb, it seems like the enemy hits over and over and over. And, and we kind of lose the fire of God. We just kind of lose our momentum. It's, it knocks us back. And, you know, one thing kind of sets us back just a little bit. But as we, we kind of keep, keep moving, and it's like another one, and then another one, until finally you kind of lose momentum. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about or not. Anybody here ever been there? Amen. It's just sound like I can't get away from it, you know? If I could just get free, cause, or maybe like one person gets... Maybe you had sickness running through your, your family. One person gets better, then somebody else gets sick. And then, you know, they get better, and then somebody else gets sick. And they get better, and somebody else gets sick. And then by that time, it's your turn. And then you get Here it goes. I have stayed there long enough. <laughs> enough is enough. And it just seems like it just kind of wears you down to finally you just kind of, you don't really realize it, but we're just kind of hanging out there at Horeb. And we're just trying to survive. We're just trying to get by, you know, we, we, we get, you know, we can kind of get it to where we can survive, we can just be there, we can dwell there, we can kind of, we can keep our head above water, and pretty soon we just get content, and we settle for just barely making it by. Come on now, anybody know what I'm talking about? And we don't really, it doesn't really hit us consciously that that's happening, but we're just so glad to be able to get our head up to get a breath, breath of fresh air that, you know, that we like, okay. 
I can make it. I think I can make it. I think I can make it. You know, we're like the little train. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. You know, we're just kind of like, if I can just get past this next series of whatever else is going to hit. Verse 6, second part of verse 6, he says, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. (laughs) Oh, praise God. Well, thank you, Lord, that you see the mountain. Sometimes you wonder when all that's, when you're at, there at Horeb and it seems like everything is falling apart and it just keeps on and on and on, sometimes you wonder, is God even around? Where are you, God, when I need you? And so he's saying to them again, you know, look, you've stayed here long enough. That word stayed, it's kind of like, you know, you ask somebody uh, where they live, they say, well, I stay over at so-and-so, you know, so-and-so place, or I, I stay with such as so-and-so, that, that person, or I stay with him. It means to cohabit. It means to dwell. It means to settle in. It means to kind of hang out. Uh, uh, it means that, uh, to sit down uh, in ambush almost, that, you know, that you you're, can be open prey for, to be ambushed. And so uh, it means to build a relationship. Actually, the word marriage comes out of that too. I don't know how marriage and ambush comes out of the same thing. But. <laughs> Depending upon how it's used, of course. But, uh, you know, it means to build relationships. You know, you're dwelled in, you built relationships, and you kind of just settled in, holding on. And uh, it says, you've stayed here. You've built relationships. You've cohabited. You have, uh, you know, you've sat down. You're an open prey for, for ambush. You've stayed there long enough at this mountain. Well, let's take a look at mountain. Most of us, I think, understand in this context that it means something that raises up against us, something that rears its head up against us. You know, that Jesus said, you shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and, and it'll do that. We think of opposition, we think of problems, we think of uh, various things that would hit us in our life as a mountain. You know, there's some things in, in your life that have been lingering in your life way too long. They become obstacles in your life, and you just kind of let them linger and hang on there. Certain attitudes can be mountains, strongholds, habits, mindsets, relationships can be mountains. Anybody follow me today? That hold us back, and uh, that, that's where we stay, that's where we dwell. We, we begin to encamp on that mountain, and he says, enough is enough. You've stayed there in that relationship long enough. You've stayed there with that mindset long enough. You have stayed with that habit long enough. You have been there long enough, and he says, Now then, it's time to bust a move. It's time to break out. Time to have a breakout. How about that? Amen. I'm about ready for a breakout. (laughs) He says, enough is enough. The shackles of the past, they need to break. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of y'all are just complacent. You're on your mountain so long, you're just half, half awake, half asleep. You know, half... Uh, just, you know, what happens when we just hang out at the mountain, we become, um, I was going to say pathetic, but I should say uh, lethargic, full of apathy, complacency, you know, like the one guy said, you know, everything is, is uh, seems like everywhere I look, everything, everybody's just full of apathy, and who cares? <laughs> so it's, it's him too. So, you know, we got to be careful. You've hung out long enough. 2017 is a year of complete victory. Not just a little bit of victory, but complete victory. Overcoming the enemy. Look at Isaiah chapter 41. I love this scripture. Isaiah 41 verses 15 and 16. I believe this is a prophetic word that he speaks to us about our mountains and about us and what we're to do. The NIV says there in verse 15 of Isaiah 41, See, I will make you into a threshing sledge. Whoa, okay, that's cool. What is a threshing sledge? It's like a big combine, you know? It just churns and it just slams down and hits on these things and it just just slashes it up. It threshes it, crushes it, and just uh, pulverates it. You ever see, now you might think of a combine, but have you ever seen when they get ready to do construction on the roads and they'll come in with these big machines and it has this big wheel, grinding wheel, and it hits on that old asphalt and it just begins to just, just tear it up and just pulverate it, make it into just gravel pieces of that asphalt, and they go through, they move through and tear out that old so they can put some new down. That's what you need to get a picture of as a threshing sledge. And he says, see, I will make you into a threshing sledge, new and sharp with many teeth. He's talking to you. You will thresh the mountains and crush them. Hallelujah. Boy, you need to get this down in your spirit. 
The Spirit of God is speaking this into us today. You will thresh the mountains and crush them and reduce the hills to chaff. That's just chaff. You will winnow them. You know, you, you, they'd reach down and get it and, and they'd throw it up and they would winnow it where that the chaff and the wheat would go up in the air like this so that the, the light stuff would blow away and that they'd catch the good stuff down here. He says, you will winnow them and the wind will pick them up and a gale will blow them away. Boy, when we uh, thresh the mountains, you know, and then you go in and say, well, there might have been some good here and you begin to offer it up to God and throw it up to God. God, here it is. You know, you restore to me what is good. I'm moving on. The Holy Spirit, the wind comes in and it blows all that chaff away and then God restores to you what you need so that you can bust a move so you can break out. Hallelujah. You will winnow them. The wind will pick them up. And a gale, the Holy Spirit is what I'm seeing here, a gale will blow them away. But you will rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. Somebody ought to say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Enough is enough. You have stayed at this mountain long enough. This problem, this relationship, this habit, this mindset, this thing that's pulled you down, this, whatever is holding you back, from God's best. You've stayed there long enough. Whatever is looming over you, whatever is holding over you and causing depression and discouragement and despair, it's, you've stayed there long enough. Whatever habit is keeping you from entering in and it's like you just get so close and then you fall back and you get so close and you fall back, he says, you've stayed there long enough. Verse 7, he says, break camp and advance. Break camp and advance. How many of you have ever gone camping? How many of you like to go camping? The fun part is, is uh, setting things up and kind of, and then chilling out, right? Breaking camp's not too fun, because especially, let's say, if you had a rainy night and tents all wet and things are all a mess, you're trying to pull it all up and get it put away, and it's just a mess, isn't it? You know what I'm talking about? When we rode our Harley to Alaska, just me and Sandy on, on the bike, no trailer, Two saddlebags and a Kuryankin bag. Took our two sleeping bags and a tent. We had to sleep out almost every night. I'll tell you what, it gets tiring breaking camp. Because you got to break, and uh, to get everything to fit on that Harley for two people, everything had to be rolled up, put up just, just right. Everything had to be packed up just right. And so you couldn't just like, I'm tired this morning. Let's just throw it all in there and let's go. You know, if we had a, had a truck or a SUV, just, you know what, let's, just, let's deal with it later. Throw it in there. Let's just get home and go, you know, rest. I'm tired. We've been, we've been on vacation. I'm really wore out. <laughs> Isn't that how it happens? Usually we take a break and we get wore out. And, you know, breaking camp is kind of tough sometimes. It means taking up the tent states and, and cleaning it off and wrapping it up and getting out of there. It says break camp in advance. Let go of the regrets. You've got tent pegs in here, maybe some unforgiveness, and you got some scars and some wounds, and they're driven in, in, in deep, and they're holding you, and it's been holding you there. He says, come on, break camp. Get rid of the, the regrets. Get rid of the shame of the past of that mountain. Get rid of the memories of that mountain. Get rid of the guilt that's there. Get rid of anything that's in your past. Take it up. Break camp. Oh, I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but somebody needs this. I know I need it, amen. Come on. He says, break camp. It's like you're in a hallway between where you have been and where you're going. And you're kind of there in that place of transition. And it's uh, the uprooting of one thing and the, and the laying down of another thing. Uh, you're in this hallway of a place called somewhere between the place of nowhere and you're just kind of there and he says come on you got to break camp and you got to go on in you got to advance you got to go forward hallelujah it's a hallway of darkness that's before you and you got to get into the light i don't know who i'm talking to today but somebody's there you just kind of feel like that you know you're just kind of in between and you just can't really see the next step and and you just feel like it's just uh, holding you back. And you don't necessarily want to be there, but you want to go forward. But you just don't know what to do. He says, advance. Break camp. Get rid of those things. Uproot all those things. You need to go in in the spirit realm. And you need to speak to those things and bind them and, and get them out. And tear up the strongholds and move forward in God in victory. And advance. Not looking back. Remember Lot's wife? She looked back. Well, the thing was, when she looked back, she looked back 
longing for what she used to have. When you look back longing what you used to have when you're supposed to be advancing to what God has for you, something happens and your heart grows cold for what God has. And just like Lot's wife, she froze, turned to a pillar of salt there. Advance. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, you know, sometimes we need to pull a 962. He says, uh, no one who puts his hand to the plow and turns and looks back, he said he's not fit for service in the kingdom of God. Sometimes you need to, if you see somebody walking like this, hey, you need a 962 in your life. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to, you know, don't look back. It's time to let go of the past, and it's time to, to move from that mountain. You've been there long enough. You need to turn from it and move forward. Turn away from double-minded. You're, you're advancing, not looking back, because you look forward, you look back. You look forward, you look back, then you're double-minded, and and James says a man, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Can't have that. You've got to be advancing. You can't be unstable or you slip and fall. You know, we look back saying, well, if only, or I coulda, shoulda, woulda, if I'd have woulda done this, or if so-and-so would have done such and such, or, you know, I should have this, or they should have this, and it's either we're going to blame somebody else or we blame ourselves and get down in guilt and shame and and here we are, we're still at that mountain, we're still at Horeb, we're at that waste place, we're at that desolate place, and here we are, we're pulled back down, and those tent pegs are still uh, just driven in. It's time to uproot those things, break camp, and advance, get away from it. Hallelujah. Don't look back. Don't think about if only, or I shoulda, coulda, woulda, or whatever. One person said, yesterday's in the tomb. Tomorrow's in the womb. All I got is today. You know, this is all we have. I got to live today and what God has for me to do today. We don't know. We don't know if he's going to come before this service is over. I got to live. I got to make, I got to set my mind on things above and not things on this world, of this world. Today's all you have. You know, it's time to move out, to advance, to let go, to break camp, to advance, pull up the tent pegs and uproot some things out of our life and that, like I said, attitudes or bitterness, uh, unforgiveness, words that have been spoken over you, words that you've spoken over somebody else, associations, relationships, sorrows. You know, you need to just say goodbye, <laughs> goodbye. I'm breaking camp. I'm breaking camp. I'm advancing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't look back. Look forward. When we did that 12,382-mile ride, we averaged 350 miles a day on a Harley. Some days we were only covering about 120 miles when we were up in the mountains, so we did some riding. And, you know, didn't have time to look back or think about what was behind because there was too much to look forward to. And every day was a new day. Every day was a new, new ride. Every day was new scenery, uh, new expressions of, of God's beauty. And, and you know what? Thank God for where we'd been, but praise God for where we were going. And I couldn't get, wait till when we, uh, to get home. When it was time to get home, I was ready to come home. Somebody asked me, Pastor, would you ever do that again? I said, hmm, <laughs> oh, boy, I don't know. That was my life dream. I'm glad that's fulfilled. I got that checked on my bucket list. I'd only do it for just out of gratitude for somebody if they really wanted us to go. But I'm going to tell you what, boy, getting between the United States and, and Alaska up here, that Canada is a big place. <laughs> and that's what's tough. That's when they decide to do all the road construction and everything, and you just ride along. And you know, Harleys aren't really made for gravel road riding or riding on caliche. There's times that black Harley looked as, as cream-colored as that wall over there from all that old caliche and rain. And, and I'll tell you, it was a little tough riding. And people look and say, y'all are up from Texas? And I tell them, yeah, around Galveston, because we're as close to Galveston as we are Houston. And they, like, shake their head. And, and we didn't have any problems, and we didn't have any breakdowns, and we didn't hit any animals, and we didn't get attacked by any animals. And... They said, it's a miracle. I said, that's because God was with us every, way, every part of the way. You know, there's no time to look back, but it's time you have to look forward because there's so much more ahead of us than there is behind us. And God's saying that to you. It's time to break camp and advance. I didn't call you to come out here and sit on this mountain. I got a promised land for you. I got you. You got to cross rivers. You got to go on in. You got to enter into my, to the destiny that I have for you. Hallelujah. Some of you have been chasing destiny, and he said, now it's time to enter in. Boy, you need to take that as a word from the Lord. It's time to enter in. Get out of the ruts. It's a new day. 
Break camp. You've been at this mountain. You've been at this rut long enough. You've, we've gone around this thing for 40 years. You've been here long enough. It's time to get out of the rut. Get out of the spiritual rut. Sometimes, you know, you get into a spiritual rut. And we kind of know, we know how to praise God. We know how to do it just right. And we kind of get into a rut to where we're not just, you know, we're just going through the motions. Get into personal ruts. We get into relation, relationship ruts. And sometimes we're on like a treadmill Christianity. Well, we're moving, <laughs> but we ain't going nowhere, you know? Isn't that what they were doing, the children of Israel? out? They were moving. But they weren't going anywhere. I don't know about you, but uh, I got a treadmill, and I get on that thing, and, and I got, man, I got to turn something. I got to watch some news. I got to do something. My mind has to be engaged in something. And I just be sweating, and I'm thinking, I'm moving, but I ain't going nowhere. And God said, it's time to, to get out of the treadmill Christianity. You're moving, but you're not going anywhere. He said, it's time to break camp and advance. Oh, come on now. I wish somebody would help me out here this morning. Y'all make me work way too hard. <laughs> you know, there's, but, and there's two meanings to mountains. And this is what's interesting. You know, mountains, they are these, uh, the, uh, an obstacle. It's a hindrance, challenges, and things that block us and hold us back. Situations of impossibilities, uh, difficulties, and problems they represent. But you know, also, mountains represent a place of revelation and communion with God, Right? Remember when Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on the mountain of transfiguration and as they watched, here came Elijah and Moses down and Jesus was caught up and transfigured. They were just watching all this. And, and so when it got fi finished, you know, Peter's like, this is just the greatest thing ever. You know, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, how cool is that? Jesus showed up, you know, and man, praise God. And, and Peter's like, this is just, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, this is just so cool. Lord, let's just build three little tabernacles right here. One for you, one for Elijah, one for Moses. We'll just build them right here. We'll just stay right here on this mountain and we'll just worship you forever. And Jesus looked and basically he's saying, no, I need to go down to Jerusalem. And they did. And when he took them down into Jerusalem and, and they began to heal the sick and, and to set the captive free and to comfort those who were mourning. He said, I, you know, it's not to stay on this mountain. We've got to go down into Jerusalem where the ministry is, where my destiny is. That's where my destiny is, not here on this mountain. Some of you stayed on this mountain long enough. You've had a spiritual retreat experience. You've had a camp meeting retreat experience. You've had a wonderful service retreat, something other where you, know, you just met with God and it's, oh, this is so cool. And you, you've just kind of built those little tabernacles there and you try to go back each time to worship like that and and he's saying, come on, you've got to come with me. We've got to go down off of this mountain. We're not going to stay on this mountain. You know, that's why we have so many denominations in, in Christianity because down through the years, God has revealed himself over and over to mankind and expressed himself and who he is. And each time, whoever was the recipient of that revelation wrote it down and they said, oh, this is cool. Let's just build a little, tab let's just build a little tabernacle right here. And we'll just call it... Catholic, we'll just call it Lutheran, we'll just call it Episcopal, we'll just call it Baptist, we'll just call it Methodist, we'll just call it full gospel, we'll just call it charismatic. Oh, come on now. We'll call it non-denominational. How many know that there's non-denominational denominations almost? Amen. I've seen it throughout our fellowship. We're supposed to be non-denominational fellowship. And back we used to travel through and sing and preach in most of these churches, and I'd look and I'd think, you know what? We're non-denominational, but it seems to me like we've got a pretty good denomination going on here. You know, we just build three little tabernacles, and we just stay right there on that mountain, uh, that revelation. We receive something from God, and that's where we stay, and that's how God moved, and I'm going to hang out there. And So even in our worship, it takes on forms like that. We think that we, we didn't have worship unless such and such song is sung that got us to our little tabernacle on the mountain before when we had this revelation of God. And if that song, if Gabe would just do that song, if the praise team, oh, I don't like this praise team anymore because they don't do the song that got me to where I had a revelation of Jesus. Come on now. I was praise and worship leader for 38 years. I know how that works. Amen. And we have our little tabernacle there, or how we got to God, and we're just going to camp out there, and, and that's where he is, that's where he lives, that's where he is, and, and get me to that mountain. And God's saying, you stayed at that mountain long enough. There's a whole lot more me that you had never even seen before. I want to take you on into some things that you've never seen before. Come on now. 
Come on. It was okay when we were talking about all those sinners and heathens that were camped out on the mountain with relationships and habits and sin in their life, but now when we're talking about spiritual experiences and stand on that mountain, we just say, no, I don't know, Pastor. I went from preaching to meddling. <laughs> he said, I got to go down to Jerusalem. That's where his destiny was. That's where the cross was. Oh, it's not always easy to break camp in advance because we kind of settle in, you know. We kind of like it there. It might not be the Holy Land, but boy, I can see it from here, and I'm close. I'm up on this mountain where God revealed himself, and yeah, this is all right. Hmm. You know, uh, they had moved into this place called Elim, E-L-I-M. And when they got there, they said, wow, you know, uh, this is pretty cool. They'd been wandering around, and, and uh, it it was more of a mountaintop experience for them. And there was abundance of food that was there. There was plenty of water that was there. Um, and there was, you know, several palm trees that sat around, about 70 palm trees that were there for shade. And they said, this is a beautiful place. This is a wonderful place. Look, we don't have as, the needs like we had before. This is great. Let's just hang out here at Elam and let's just camp out here. And, you know, sometimes that's the way we've done, saints, saints. We've come through some wilderness area. We've wandered. We've had some tough times in our life. But you know what? Praise God, I finally made it to Elam. And you know, I, I, it just kind of feels good to settle in. And I got plenty of uh, food. I got plenty of water. I got plenty of shade. It's just comfortable here. There's this nice breeze through here. The climate's not bad. And well, praise God, I've just kind of made it. Let's just kind of hang out here. And we kind of forget that God didn't call us to Elam. He called us to the Holy Land. Hello. Come on now. I've seen it, you know, I've been around a little while, and I've felt it in my own life. Sometimes we feel like, well, you know what, that original dream, that original vision, that's okay, but that's out there, you know, maybe somebody else ought to take it. I kind of like Elam, I'm kind of settled in here in Elam for a while. I paid my dues, I I was in the nursery for five, six years, I I ushered for such and such time, and I did this and I did that, and I'm just kind of taking a break, Uh uh-oh. Well, a break's okay, but a five-year lunch time is, is a little long. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know? How would that work at lunch? If you, I mean, at, at work, if you say, okay, I'm going to go on my break now. Okay. And you go on your break, and you just don't show up. <laughs> you come back, you know, and, and they say, what, oh, I'm still on break. Okay, well, uh, what about the job to do? Oh, well, yeah, I'm coming back. Hello. Getting real quiet in here now. Did you know Elam's probably one of the most dangerous places in our journey as we're heading towards God's destiny and what he's called us to do? Because it's so easy to mistake for the holy land, for the promised land. Because things are nice. Things aren't quite as bad as they used to be. More than manageable. Actually kind of pleasant, pleasant, you know? So we've got to kind of watch out. But God's saying he wants to shake you loose because that Elam becomes a rut. You know, on a rut, it's just a grave with both ends knocked out. Hello. And he says, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. I didn't call you to this mountain. I called you to the promised land. I called you to this vision. I called you to this purpose over here. Now break camp and advance. Oh, but Lord. You know, it's, it's I got to go through that valley. I got to go up that hill. I got to go over there. And oh, I'm so tired and I'm getting too old for this and and Lord, I just, you know, it's so nice here at Elam. We can become comfortable there. You know, maybe I should pull a Deuteronomy. Maybe I should remind you of what the Lord spoke to me when we first got this place. This is before walls were up, and I was praying along in this area, and, and that wall was kind of there. We had the metal studs up. I'm walking along, and I'm just praying. And, and uh, had been some people, there had been some strong prophetic messages coming, and I was like, you know, Lord, you might want to lighten up a little bit on your people, you know, <laughs> a little bit. And, and uh, you know, uh, is that for sure what you want me to preach and this and that? And I'm kind of, you know, going on talking to God about some of the messages he's having me preaching. God says, I didn't call you to preach convenience. I called you to preach commitment. And I go, hmm, maybe. Uh, first I thought, oh, 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 huh. Wow to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. 
How does that work, you know? But God says, you know what? Sometimes we settle in, and we've just been there long enough, and it's kind of time to shake it loose. And, and you know, I kind of felt myself here 40 years in the ministry. I'm kind of starting to feel comfortable, you know? And, you know, it's not so bad, and we can get along, and hello, and all this stuff. And God said, okay, you stayed at this mountain long enough. Time to move on. Time to go on in. It's time to enter on in to what you have. Are there enemies to fight? Yeah, all those ites. <laughs> Amalekites and uh, Mesmerites and Gigabytes and Hittites and <laughs> all everything else. Wow. But we become comfortable on our mountain. We don't want to leave. And, you know, we, we just kind of settle down when God wants us to break camp and move to the next place. Okay, I'll be, I'll be there. Let me just kind of take care of a few more things and we'll wrap this up. And, no, he says break camp and advance problem is that there's a, like I said, there's a hike. There's kind of a stretch. There's kind of a, uh, you know, it's not always easy moving forward. Hello. So rather than make that uphill climb or whatever, you know, we just kind of settle in and settle back. But he says you need to go forward. You need to move on. Time to break camp in advance. You know, your break is over. (laughs) Don't let your break turn into lethargy. Don't let it turn into apathy. You know, move forward. In Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 12, it's an interesting passage of Scripture. I would, if I was a betting man, (laughs) I'd bet that probably 99% of you in here have never read that passage of Scripture. In Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 12, I want to read it from the New American Standard because it uses one word. It translates this one word the way that it really fits in. He says, Judgment Day, uh, on Judgment Day, I'll search through every closet and alley in Jerusalem. I'll find and punish those who are sitting it out, fat and lazy, amusing themselves and uh, taking it easy. You, who think God doesn't do anything good or bad? He isn't involved, so neither are we. That's kind of the way, that's the way that the message brings it about. The New American Standard says, and it will come to pass about that time that I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the men who are stagnant in spirit, who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good or evil. We've got to be careful that we don't become stagnant in our spirits. Hello? Stagnant in our spirit. You know, a stagnant water is really bad because it, it's a high opportunity to breed certain types of bacteria and insects and diseases and stuff from stagnant water. You know, a stagnant spirit can bring a lot of maladies in our, in our spiritual life as well. You know, in other words, what he's saying there, you know, well, I'm waiting on God and he ain't doing anything, so neither am I. Well, we don't know what he's, because he's over here working and we're still on the mountaintop. Hello. The only place that in the world that never changes, you know, the only constant thing in life, the only thing that you can count on in life, the only constant thing in life is change. But the only thing that, the only place in the world that never changes is the graveyard, <laughs> except for the grass and stuff that grows up. Isn't that right? And how many times do we want to just kind of camp out in the graveyard? Because we just kind of rather just be there because we kind of got that down. We know what that's, what that's like. Hello, but Jesus came up to where Lazarus was laid at the tomb, and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And he told him, loose him and let him go. Take off those grave clothes, those things that stink, those filthy rags that he has on, and put some grace clothes on him. Put on some robes. Come on, because we got to go over here and eat. we got to have dinner. we got to have some fellowship, and we got to move on. You know, time to be hanging out in the, grave, in the graveyard. And it will come to pass about that time that I will search Jerusalem with lamps. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. His word will go out and he comes and he searches and he judges us according to his word. And he says, and I will punish the men who are stagnant in spirit, who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good or evil. The Lord's not doing, you know, hey, it's just, it's chilling. That's nothing really bad, nothing good, nothing evil. It's just, you know, we're making it. We're existing. It's okay. No, we become stagnant in our spirits. And if we just kind of, that part of where nothing happens, we don't really realize it, but pretty soon we begin to just develop certain mindsets and certain ways of doing things. I've seen it in churches. I've seen churches die, dry up, because of the fact that people just want to stay on that mountain and they're tired, you know, and they they've, they've feel like they've gone far enough. They've 
walked for, they've been around that thing for 40 years and tired and just don't want to advance. But you know what, people? We, don't have, we can't afford to do that. We've got to move forward. We have to move forward. So how do you get out of this rut? How do you get out of this thing? You know, where he says, you've stayed long enough at that mountain. Uh, break camp and advance. Go in. He says, I've given you this land. I've given you a destiny. I've given you a dream. I've given you a vision. Now go in and possess it. The Apostle Paul talks about it in Philippians chapter 3. Again, these are nothing, nothing new, but God's saying them to us again. He's motivating us again. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Paul says, brothers, brothers and sisters, basically he's, he's talking, he says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, of, of the finish, the final, the, the destiny, the purpose. But one thing I do, he says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, he said, I press on. Or as we say down here, I press on. <laughs> I press on toward the goal to win the prize for, the, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He didn't call us stationary. He didn't call us mountainward. He called us heavenward. Up this way, he said, I'm pressing on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. I'm still overcoming. Jesus spoke to the Philadelphia church in Revelation. He said, I know you have a little strength. I know you've had a, a long journey. I know you've fought a lot. You know, a lot. I'm paraphrasing this. He says, I know you have a little strength, but you have kept the word of my patience. You've kept my word. You've kept what I've told you to do, what I've called you to do. And you've not denied my name. He said, because of that, therefore I'll keep you from that trial that's coming up on the whole earth, that seven-year tribulation that's coming. He said, I'm going to keep you from that. Praise God. What a promise. What a promise. You know what? That's a better promise. That upward calling is a whole lot better than this sit-down calling on this mountain and taking it easy. Come on. It still motivates. You know, that's why Caleb, I believe it, at 80 years old, when he looked in, and uh, he saw that mountain, he saw his purpose, he saw his destiny, and Joshua said, well, Caleb, you know, uh, it's been 40 years, and we've been fighting a lot of fights and everything. He said, you know, you can just kind of take it easy and sit back a little bit. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing this as well. He says, you know, do you still want that? And you think that you can, you think you're still able to get that mountain? 80-year-old Caleb looked at him and says, I'm well able to take that mountain. I'm well able to take that mountain. He said, I hadn't, I hadn't forgot the dream. I hadn't forgot the vision. I hadn't forgot what God promised to me. He said, I'm going to take hold of what's been promised to me. He said, I'm going to press. It's what, like the Apostle Paul. I strain, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Hallelujah. So how do we do it today? How do we get out of the rut that we're in today? We've got to move forward in life, you know, from our ruts, from the obstacles, from the things that hold us back, from the habits and the hang-ups and, and from the relationships and from the hurts and the, the shame and the pain and the guilt that's held us back and, and the tent stakes that we have down here, the, the strongholds that are holding us. We've got to break those things loose. We've got to also break free from complacency, from now I feel like I've come through and many trials and many roads of difficulty and, and you know, I'm just finally at a place in my spiritual life where I can kind of take a breath and I'm just going to kind of take it easy. And he says, no, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. Like Christian Center, we're at a mountain that we can just stay right here the rest of the time and everything can just kind of rock along and it'll be easy. We kind of get it down, you know, and, and we can handle it maybe, you know, once, once a week on Sunday coming in and Wednesday night and kind of got that down. We can handle that. That ain't too bad. You know, it's all right. I can handle that. But I don't know about anything else. You know, uh, and, and we talk about, well, I remember the days. And yeah, I remember the days when we were doing Saturday night church and youth. And, and uh, Sunday morning, we had a, and for a while, we had a Sunday school thing before church. And then we had, uh, we'd come in on Sunday afternoons and we'd worship God. And then we'd have uh, a service at six o'clock. And that'd go to about 10 o'clock at night. Man, people were just getting free and set free. And we're just going, going, going. And you're like, whoo. And I'm looking back and saying, yeah, <clears throat> I think I've uh, made it through that one. And God says, well, are you ready for that again? Huh? Well, it was pretty good days, you know, and, and whatever. And you kind of think about, uh, you think of the cost and you think of it. And then we wonder, are we willing to pay the price? Are we willing to pay the price? I don't know about you, but you know what? Far greater things God called us to see people set free. 
Lives changed, broken, healed, and mended. Marriages healed, the sick healed and set free. Those that, that are bound to be set free, he's called us to do some things. Amen? We've stayed at this mountain long enough. He says, brothers and sisters, the Apostle Paul says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. I've enjoyed 40 years of ministry. I, I wouldn't change a thing. Somebody said, do you have any regrets in your life? Maybe you're just not doing more. I don't know. I, thank God I've had the opportunity to preach on five continents. Of five of the seven continents of this world I've had an opportunity to preach the gospel on. Seen people saved in places that are forbidden. It's against the law to get them converted in India and in China and some things like that. Thank God for that. Thank God for the opportunities to go into Africa and, and just literally pioneer some areas and going into where we started out with medical clinics and, and there wasn't a church there and people coming and, and getting the, the medical clinics, but then we're preaching and singing to them all the time and they're getting saved and, and, and filled with the Holy Spirit and they're saying, well, we need a church. And we're, well, okay, we'll look around and see if there's any and there's not any. And so starting churches and raising up pastors and whoo, Lord, help us. And God says, yeah, that's, that's been a journey, but it's time now to, to break camp and to enter in. I want to tell you, I think the best is yet to come. I think the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, Paul wrote to the, the Philippians there, and he said, you know, he declared that he hadn't reached his goal yet. I don't think we've reached our goal yet. And he understood that goal to be a moving target because it's always moving on toward God. It's a moving target. You know, we never arrive until we are with him, until we're caught up with him and to, to be moving forward. And he said, you know, um, he's saying basically, he said, I haven't arrived. And, and he, it, it's important, I think, to realize that God has so much more for us that we've, we've not even yet attained to the full measure, as he says, of, of that which God has for us. He says, but one thing I do, I press on. <laughs> I take, he said, I'm taking responsibility for my life, and I'm going to press on. God's saying for you today, he says, you've stayed here long enough. Come on, take some responsibility for your life. You're the only one that can make a difference. You're the only one that can break that camp where you are and advance in your life. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Don't try to make somebody else do it for you. Amen. Hallelujah. You say, well, if Pastor Paul would just preach harder. Man, if I preach any harder, my gizzard's going to fall out. I know I preached my gizzard out because they did x-rays and I don't have one. <laughs> you know, or, or the praise team sing a little louder or sing a little better or something. Or somebody do something. Then I can't. No, 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 no. You've got to take responsibility and say, I press on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling that's for me, that God called me. Forgetting what's behind. Forget the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> you know? And forget those things and say, you know what? It's been good, but Goodbye. I'm pulling up stakes. I'm breaking camp. I'm moving on. <laughs> Hallelujah. That'd be a good place to shout. Hallelujah. Not trying to live on our past, you know, goods or whatever, past accomplishments. Not trying to live on past experiences. I remember when. I remember when. Yeah, well, thank God for then. But you know what? Now's now. Today is today. And tomorrow's going to be tomorrow. We better do what we need to do. The past was good, but we don't live there anymore. Amen. Amen. I, you know, I, I look back in my childhood, and we moved a lot. And I lived on Lake Texoma, and we had a house there that overlooked the lake. And I could see, actually see the Texas side from where we were. And, and we'd ski and fish, and it was a great time. And, man, that was a good time. I liked that house, but I don't live there anymore. You know, that's not my life anymore. That was a good house. It was a good place. It was a good time. I rode motorcycles all through, the, you know, and, and different things. Man, it was a lot of fun, but I don't live there anymore. Now I, I'm here, and i got to go on with the Lord. i got to move forward. He says, straining to what's ahead. So what do we got to do? First thing is, you got to press on. you got to press on. Forget what's behind. you got to strain toward what is ahead. It's going to cost you something. It's going to get some effort. You know, when you get out of bed in the morning, it, it takes some effort. You got to raise up. <laughs> you got to sit on the side of the bed. You got to put one foot in front of the other and you got to move. That don't seem so hard until, you, <laughs> until your strength's gone, you know. Sometimes getting out of bed is the hardest thing you ever did. But, you know, it takes some effort to move. 
And so you got to move. Get up out of that place. You know, when Jesus healed the lame man that was laying there with the man, he says, take up thy bed and walk. First thing you got to pick up that thing, put some effort. You get up and you get, pull up your tent stakes and you move forward and walk. We're never going to experience a miracle until we take some responsibility to move forward, straining toward what is ahead. He said, I press on toward the goal. Hallelujah. I want to pray with you this morning. I'm going to challenge you to put the past behind you, to forget the past. You've stayed there long enough. You've been at that mountain long enough. You've been at that problem long enough. You've been at that relationship long enough. You've been at that thing long enough. Put it behind you. Press forward. Uh, a man had this vision that uh, these Christians were moving on through this field, and as they were going through this field, that there was these buzzards and vultures that are flying overhead, and just their different spirits of, uh, you said, all different types of bad spirits there, and that uh, one of the guys fell down, and when he did, they just these... Vultures just swooped down upon him, began to feed upon his flesh and stuff, and they, the vultures became stronger. And the thing is, is you know, you've got to keep moving forward. We can't feed the, the spirits of darkness that are out there today. We can't empower those things. We need to get up. We need to move forward. There's too much to gain, to lose. There's too much ahead to look back. Amen. We've got to forget the past. You've stayed there long enough. And you've got to, you've got to commit the strain toward what is ahead. It costs you something. It costs you some time to seek the Lord in prayer, to set him first instead of setting yourself first. To say, you know what, God, I'm going to spend some time with you in prayer. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice like I used to hear your voice. I'm going to spend some time with you, and, and I'm going to watch for divine opportunities to where I can, I can pour into somebody's life, that I can share some light that, that, will, that will dispel the darkness out of their life. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you some awareness looking around to see who, who's around you. Who do you work with? Where do you, you know, who are those that are close to you, near to you, that God's saying that he wants to work in their life and he wants to use you in their life? Sometimes, you know, we have to lay our own self down, die to ourself. That means to what our plans, our ambitions are to be used by God. But it's amazing how that when we're used by him, we actually achieve those things, that, the desires of our heart. And he says that he'll give us the desires of our heart. We really attain the things that we really desired most when we give ourselves to him. A man that would lose his life shall gain it. That's what Jesus said. So we've got to lay those things down, down and, and hear what he's saying. You've stayed at this mountain long enough. You've, you've all right, you've hurt long enough. You know, that, that thing's over. That relationship's over. Uh, that situation's over. That job situation, that's over. Those people that hurt you, that's over. You've been there long enough. You've licked your wounds long enough. Now it's time to break camp. You pull up those tent stakes. Pull up the hurt, the wounds, the, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, and, and pull them up and just move forward. They're not worth pulling you down. Strain toward. It takes a strain to move forward. If there's habits in your life that are, that are holding you back, it's a strain to break those habits. Whatever is keeping you from moving on in with God, break it today. Let's pray together. Father, right now, visit this place. I feel your presence here. Holy Spirit, bring illumination to our hearts right now, to the areas of where we have camped, to the mountain that has held us back from moving on in to God. Show us the areas that we need to break the stakes, the tent stakes, we need to uproot the hurts, the bitterness, the discouragement, the depression, the wounds that we move forward. Just in your spirit today, you know, just I'm, I'm going to break free. I'm breaking free from this thing. I'm breaking free from this thing. It's not going to hold me back any longer. I'm breaking free from this in Jesus' name. You're going to be stronger. You're going to walk in complete victory. This is your year. This is your time. This is what God's saying. It's time to advance. He's there with us. He will go with us. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. No weapon that's formed against you can prosper. It can't succeed in its intended purpose. 
You can do all things through Christ that gives you strength. You can do it. You just got to be willing to do it. Hallelujah. I believe debts are canceled in Jesus' name. I believe freedom is coming right now in Jesus' name. Liberty. Getting on top of things instead of things getting on top of you and ruling. Everything is under your feet. Poverty is beneath you. It's broken in Jesus' name. This is your year of breakthrough. You know, a breakout is a sudden move out of something. You need to have a breakout experience. Suddenly, suddenly, break camp. Disease gone in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Break it in the name of Jesus. We'll break that hold in the name of Jesus. Depression gone in the name of Jesus. Break that hold. Uproot those roots in Jesus' name. The past is behind. God's purpose and destiny is ahead. Hallelujah. Say, this is my year. I've stayed here long enough. I'm breaking through. I'm breaking through. If you're here this morning and you never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're not sure of where you're going to spend eternity, if you're not 100% sure that if this were your, die, your day that you would die, that if you're not sure that you're going to spend the next moment in the presence of God, I want to pray with you right now. Don't, don't play with, with your life. Don't play with eternity. If you're not sure today, nobody looking around, just raise your hand. I want to pray with you right where you are. Anybody here, you're not sure that you're going to spend eternity with the Lord. You're not sure that you've received him as your Lord and Savior. You might have heard about it. You might have been raised in church, but just getting raised in church don't make you a Christian any more than sleeping in a garage makes you a Chevy. You know, you've got to receive Jesus. You're sure today. Amen. Some of you are here today, and you just kind of, you've grown weary in your well-doing. And Paul tells us in Corinthians not to do that. Don't grow weary in well-doing. God sees every deed, every word. We're going to be held accountable for those things. Thank God for where you've been. Thank God for what you come through. But thank God for where you're going. Amen. And it's time to break free. So will you stand with me this morning? Stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you glad God loves us enough to give us a second chance? <laughs> Thank God for Deuteronomy. Amen. Loves us enough to tell us again. Praise God. Father, I thank you that you're a God of the second chance. Thank you for your second chance that you give to us. Father, thank you that, that we're set free from our past and that we are redeemed and we're moving forward. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that. And so we're just breaking free. Say, I break free. I break free. I've stayed here long enough. I'm breaking camp. I'm advancing forward. I press toward the mark for the, high, the prize of the high calling. I forget the past. I strain toward what is ahead. I press toward the goal. My destiny is ahead of me. My vision is ahead of me. God, thank you for your strength. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for the purpose that you've given to me. I break free. I break free. I break free. Come on, give me praise. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Father, I thank you for this, Father. I thank you for newness, a, a purpose and vision, Father. We're following after you. Enlarge our territory, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. We're not content to just settle for this. Like Jabez said, I'm not content. Is this all I got? I'm not content for all this. Enlarge my territory, O oh Lord. My vision, my spiritual opportunities. Lord, bless me, bless me a lot. 
Father, we're heading forward into your, your, your purpose and your destiny, our promised land. Thank you, you've given us the ability to overcome all of the enemy and, Father, to enter in. That's our desire right now, Father. Let your blessings rest upon your people today. Thank you for it, Father. I thank you for new anointing. Thank you for fresh, new anointing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give him praise.